of the globe thought today that I would challenge you with looking at something that's located in the book of Acts because it's only there in the book of Acts do we find the history of the church. It's where the church, Kelly, began. The book of Acts, by the way, describes for us the actions of the apostles. Or, as you see it in your Bible, it says in your Bible, the acts of the apostles. I think a Grandmama Cornbread version of us understanding it, Brother Greg, is that we get a chance to look at the actions of the apostles. And I want us to take a look at those actions as these, these apostles were led by the Holy Spirit and empowered by it. And when you take a look at this, the one word that captures and summarizes their acts is this word called witness. It's the word called witness, witness. The word called witness which happens to be the key to the entire book. When we look at the book of Acts, what you will discover is that in that book, it centers itself, Sister Sherry, around one word, and that word is witness, which happens to be the key, you all, to the entire book. Let me show you all what I mean. You look in chapter 1, verse 8. Look in chapter 1, verse 8. In chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be what class? Witnesses unto me. That happens to be in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Just flow with me, if you will. If you, in fact, drop down to verse 22 of Acts chapter 1, you'll see with the leading of the Holy Spirit that the disciples are led to replace Judas, who has sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, with somebody who has a witness for the whole story about the ministry of Jesus. That's in verse 22 they started looking for a replacement for Judas. And the requirement of that replacement had to be somebody who witnessed the ministry of Jesus Christ. Mm. If you go over to Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, you see something miraculous happen when they all gathered in Jerusalem. Bible tells us that all of them that gathered heard the gospel and they heard the gospel in their native tongue. You, 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 you've been believing that this is the ecstatic tongues, but really, these persons heard the gospel in their native language. Bible tells us in verse 14, play with me, watch, walk, walk with me. The Bible tells us in verse 14 that Peter stood up and preached Jesus and his resurrection. As a matter of fact, what he does is he gives witness of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that as a result of his witness, 3,000 souls 
things. God saved. When you get to the end of chapter 2, which happens to be my text on today, when you get to the end of chapter 2, there's seemingly, you all, no mentioning of witnessing. The church has been born, and it's obvious that the church has been witnessing because the church has been experiencing explosive growth. But our text seems to shift our focus entirely. In the previous text, the subject matter was about the outside of the church. But our text today is talking about what's going on inside of the church. Our text today is about what was going on underneath the hood. Our text today literally, y'all, excavates the dirt so we can see the roots of the church. The passage, y'all, that we're looking at today is going to pierce us, pierce us, gives unto us a glimpse, a scan through the flesh to the bones of the church in order that we might see the heart of the church. The text I want to lift before you today reveals what must be right on the inside of the church so that witnessing take place on the outside of the church. Drop down to verse 42 if you don't mind. Please hold your Bibles open. Watch verse 42 if you don't mind of chapter 2. Here's what it says. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man has need, and they continually, daily, with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Here's the line I want you to see, Minister Lauren. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. The New Testament church was one of continual addition. The New Testament church was one of continual addition. addition. In Acts 2.41, if you don't mind, in Acts 2.41, we're told that the Lord added 3,000 souls. That's in Acts 2.41. If you look at Acts 2.47, our text, it says the Lord added daily. In Acts 4 and 4, slip over there if you don't mind, in Acts 4 and 4, we're told another 5,000 were added to the church. In Acts 5, 14, it tells us that the multitudes were added. But then there came a day when the Lord stopped adding and began multiplying. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, we're told in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied. Drop down, if you don't mind, to verse 7. I don't mean to bore you with Bible, but that's all I know to do is to give you the word of God. Watch this, if you don't mind. Drop down to verse 7. Verse 7, it says, and the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. 
and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. By the time we get to Acts chapter 8, verse number 1, the church had experienced a surge of persecution. God was no longer just multiplying disciples. He's now multiplying churches. Please get this, y'all. He went from adding to the church to multiplying the church, multiplying disciples to now multiplying churches. I'll do it again for you. I said, y'all, when you watch the history of the church, he goes from adding to the church. From adding to the church, he goes to adding or multiplying disciples. From multiplying disciples, he goes to multiplying churches. Are you with me so far? Now watch this, you all. The Bible tells us that as a result of the persecution, the church begins to scatter, giving a shift from a very large church to, a, to multiple assemblies that would reach all ethnic groups in every country around the world. And here's why. Because God had a plan for his church to grow. Let's go back, if you don't mind, to our text in chapter 2. Go back to the text in chapter 2. Hang out around verse 42. In the text... It shows us what we need to be. It shows us what needs to be right with the church on the inside in order that we might be able to witness on the outside of the church. The text introduces us to four elements that were going on on the inside of the church. Text shows us, y'all, four things that the early church devoted itself to. I want to lift them before you today because I need our church to make sure that we do not forsake the model that God has given unto us for growth in the church. Right in verse 42, we get a glimpse of the four priorities. We see a summary of the things the church devoted itself to. But then in verse 43 through 47, we see the listings of the results of being devoted to those four things in verse 42. Now, in order to witness effectively on the outside, the church must be devoted on the inside to the first element of devotion to the word of God. I'm going to lift four before you. We've got to be devoted to the word of God. The first element we see, y'all, in verse 42 is their devotion to the word of God. Watch this, Damien. Verse 42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Another translation says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the word devoted is the idea of persevering. It's the notion of giving constant attention, being steady in. They were persevering in the apostles' teaching. What were they teaching, Pastor? They were teaching what Christ taught them. They taught his commands and his truth. 
These new believers continually listen to what brought them life, y'all, brought them from life to death. They kept listening to the word that brought them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. These new believers were relying on the word because they knew that the word of God and his word alone creates and sustains life. I want to give this to y'all. Please take this back with you. The health of any church will rise and fall according to its devotion and dependence to the word of God. I'll do it again for you. The health of any church will rise and fall, y'all, to its, according to its devotion and dependence to the word of God. Without the word, there is no salvation. Without the word, there is no church. Without the word, there is no eternal life. Without the word, there are no miracles. The word of God and his word alone creates and sustains life. From the word, we learn obedience from Noah. From the word, we learn faith from Abraham. Persistence, y'all, from Jacob. Joy from Judah. From the word, we learn courage from Moses. Prayer from Daniel. Integrity from Job and strength from David. From the word, we learn wisdom from Solomon. Righteousness from Ezekiel. Justice from Amos. We learn peace from Isaiah. From the word, we learn love from Hosea. We learn determination from Esther. We learn, y'all, the word of God has power and it can sustain us. Y'all, his word will never be found in lack. Miracles, y'all, happen when we stay in the word of God. Fear came upon, watch verse 43. I know I'm right because it says, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles because they stayed in the word. I want to suggest to you, in order to witness effectively on the outside, the church must be devoted to having a devotion to the word of God. But then secondly, you all, we've got to have a devotion to our identity in Christ. Verse 42 says this, you all, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, wait for it, fellowship. I need you to know the word fellowship here, uh, uh, Minister Chantal, is, is not about social interactions. It's not about conversation and social life. The word here for fellowship is the word, y'all, kononia. It's the word kononia. It's not so much about activity as much as it is about an identity. Kononia, kononia, K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A, kononia. It's not so much about, y'all, an activity as much as it is about an identity. Oh, man. Y'all, what we do, y'all, it's a mutual partnership. We ought, we ought to share something in common with Christ. What do we share in common as believers with Christ? Our identity 
as Christ followers is a common share in the Trinity itself with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a common share in God through life, eternal life through Jesus Christ, who we have been made one with and brought into union with the Godhead himself. Y'all, these believers of our text simply prioritizing and committing themselves to the identity of Christ. They weren't trying to hide out. Y'all, if you look at verse 44 through 45, it says, And all that believed, watch this, were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man has need. What I want you to note, you all, is that they were believers who gathered together. Which means, Carolina, there can be no schisms in the body. If we're going to grow in here, y'all, there can't be no cliques and clubs. We've got to learn how there's believers to come together and make sure that every need in the house is met. I, I got to go. I, I told y'all too. Let me give you the third one. Y'all, the third one is a devotion to Christ-centered community. Watch verse 42 again. I'm almost finished, y'all. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. What is Luke referencing here, Minister Skinner? Is it the Lord's Supper or is he talking about sharing a meal together? Well, I got news for you, Carolina. I believe it was both. Y'all, they were building a community. They valued the having a God-centered community. Which, by the way, y'all, that kind of community produces joy and generosity. They open up their homes to one another. I want to show y'all something, y'all. You can tell when you're really in with somebody, when they invite you to their home. The verse here, Delta Marie, tells us that they open up their homes to one another. And I'm looking for people here, you all, as we begin to expand our discipleship process who will literally open up their homes to share Christ with others. The element that the church must have right on the inside before it can effectively witness on the outside is a devotion to Christ-centered community. Got one more for you. Y'all, we got to have a devotion to the Word of God a devotion to our identity in Christ, a devotion to Christ in the community. And here's the last one, Chela. It's a devotion to prayer. Watch verse 42, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. May I drop this on you all? The disciples' devotion to prayer was nothing new. While in the upper room, y'all, they prayed constantly. They were on their knees waiting on the Holy Spirit. Y'all, these disciples were committed to prayer because Jesus was committed to prayer. Prayer was a pillar of their daily time together. I believe, Carolina, that this might be the element that's missing from many of our ministries. I believe that this might be the element 
that many of our churches are missing it is our devotion to prayer. Y'all, you'll show up for a concert. You'll come for drama. You'll come for mess. But when it comes time to come to pray, it's the smallest committee in the house. And yet God has said, my house shall not be called a house of worship, but my house shall be called a house of prayer. Yo, I believe that this might be the element that's missing from many of our ministries. They don't have a devotion to prayer. I'm through. Thank y'all for your time today. Thank you for letting me serve. But I got to tell y'all this. The engine room of any church happens to be the place where people gather to pray on a regular basis. I just said something major. And I can tell y'all missed it. I'm going to come back and get you again. I said the engine room of any church, the room where the caboose is, the room where the engine is, happens to be the place where people gather to pray on a regular basis. And I want to suggest, Carolina, Lady Moore, we can't let the engine of this church be stalled. We gotta pray for forgiveness like David. We gotta pray for wisdom like Solomon. We've gotta pray for healing like Hezekiah. We've gotta pray for a child like Hannah. We've gotta pray for deliverance like Jonah. We've gotta pray for mercy like the ten leopards. We've got to pray for salvation like the thief on the cross. We've got to pray because things happen when you pray. Now, here's what I know, Carolina. I know if we ask, we shall receive. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door going to be open. This is what I know. If we pray with confidence, God is able to answer our prayers. Is there anybody here? Who knows? God will answer prayer. Is there anybody in the house who knows God can answer prayer? Is there anybody in here who can testify that God will show up when we pray? Shout yes, Carolina, on your mark, get set. Ready, grow on your mark, Carolina. Get set, ready, grow on your mark. Get set, ready, grow, Carolina. On your mark, get set, ready, grow. Will you help me on your mark? Get set, ready, grow on your mark. Get set, ready, grow, shout grow. Thank you, sir. God's calling us to grow. 
He's calling us to grow. Everyone stand, if you will. He's calling us to grow. Leadership, you're in the aisles. God's calling us to grow. We were able to do all that we've been able to do because we've grown to this point. God got more for us, Carolina. Do, do me a favor. I need you to help me preach today. Tell the neighbor to the right and left, the best is yet to come. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Man, some of y'all ain't touched nobody. Turn to the person behind you, in front of you. Tell them the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. I know you've been down. I know you've been down. I know you haven't seen much, but I've got news for you. We burnt up some stuff in 2019. Y'all, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I need you to tell yourself, come on, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Listen, take somebody by the hand where you are right now. Hold their hand. I don't know who you are today. Whoever you are, say, hey, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender unto him. Pastor, I want to.